Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of in-the-trenches, tell-it-like-it-is reality therapy for personal, business, and real estate investing success. With your hosts, powerpreneurs, Angela Thomas and Ron Phillips, it's time to get real. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. This is Angela Thomas, and I'm here with Ron Phillips. Hey, Ron. Yeah. It's hey. a good day. It's a good day. It is. So today we have um, an awesome guest. We have Caleb Pearson with us. Hey, Caleb. Hey, hey. Good morning. Hey, thanks for being here. So uh, Caleb um, is one of the best realtors in South Carolina, from what I can tell. Uh, he, has a, uh, he has an awesome business, does about 200 retail deals a year. Um, and he's also got a fix and flip wholesale side where he does about 60 deals a year. Um, and his, he's been named uh, Realtor of the Year how many years in a row, Caleb? Uh, we've had the number one REMAX team in South Carolina for three years in a row now. Three yeah, years man. in a row. Wow. And I think more that importantly, Caleb, Caleb is the one who sold me my house that I am right now sitting in. Oh, really? I didn't actually know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. that nice backdrop behind him. That <laughs> That's was all you. That, that was, was that me. Was Caleb. So you guys, all of this plus the pool right, right there that my son is currently playing in, interestingly enough. He's uh, playing in? That makes him sound like he's really young, but I know well, he's not. Well, you know, he's... He's almost 16, but he's full on playing. I mean, he's their basketball hoops up, and he is um, awesome. So awesome. yeah, the cool. rough life of the Phillips. It's 10:30 on a Friday. 10:30 <laughs> on a Friday, out in the pool. Uh, yeah, you gotta love it. I may rough go, life. I may go join him right after this. So yeah, Don't yeah. So Caleb, Caleb, the pool's calling. I know. Yeah. I know. We gotta. We gotta hurry up. No. So. Um, Caleb, I know I met you a few years ago, but I don't know you super well. So do you mind taking us kind of way back where you, did you grow up in South Carolina? Tell us about where you came from. No, I, I actually, uh, I'm from about 45 minutes an hour outside of Virginia Beach, went to college in Virginia, um, played college basketball up there and never had been to Charleston. I live in Charleston, South Carolina now. Um, never been to Charleston until spring break of my senior year in college, um, I had a business degree, no real job lined up. So I called my mom and I said, Hey mom, I'm, I'm moving to Charleston for the summer and uh, moved down here. Like I said, no job, figured it out. Um, I did timeshare for like three months until someone, oh my was, gosh. Like, someone cool. was like, that, it was actually really, really good sales training. It teaches yeah, Ron you how did to, it too. Yeah. Uh, did you Ron? Guilty as charged. Yes, hey, <laughs> it teaches you how to put somebody in a box and not let them out of it as far oh, as yeah. sales, sales training goes. Um, yep. So I did that for like three months and then I had a lady there that came in and she said, you've got to quit working here. She said, you would crush it in real estate. So she set me up with this lady that had been in the business for about 25 years here in Charleston and um, she kind of took me under her wing for two years, year and a half, two years and from then we just started building our own team and uh, here we are today. That's awesome. So you just had a mentor like walk up to you and just throw you in the business. And I mean, that's yeah, kind of, I, I mean, I got going, um, got a little traction as far as the, uh, the timeshare goes. And she said, you would do much better in real estate. You ought to just hop over there and the checks are bigger. So I was like, all right, perfect. Count me in. And I'm sold. Let's do yeah, it. Count me in. I'm there. <laughs> Yeah, plus they don't, plus the, your, your GM doesn't kick over chairs and swear at you and stuff. So there's always that. I mean, it's yeah. always, 
It's always a good thing. I don't know about you. Yeah, Ron's got some stories from the timeshare. I had a really professional uh, timeshare organization I worked for. It was, uh, yeah, it was really good. It's reminiscent of, of Alec Baldwin in, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot the name of the movie. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very reminiscent of that, yes. So. I could go home. Once I got into real estate, I could go home with a good conscience. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Right. Isn't that oh, nice? <laughs> good, cool. man. I didn't know we had yeah. that in common. That's kind of fun. Yeah. That is. Yeah. So, um, so I kind of told everyone briefly, you know, what your main business is. Um, you know, you do a lot of retail sales and wholesale and flipping. Um, what, I mean, is that, I, I heard that you have a new product too. Is that, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we, I guess I'll go back from the start. So I've probably been on a thousand listing appointments in my career, probably more than that. So I'm, I'm sitting, sorry, man. Yeah. Well, there you go. So <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to work towards finding a better way. Um, but I was meeting with all these sellers, 20, 30 a month. And one or two out of that 20 to 30 was always super, super motivated. So I was selling a lot of deals to these and to investors and making other people a lot of money. And I just realized, well, if I'm meeting with this many motivated sellers, how many other motivated sellers are there that are in the MLS that we just don't know about? Um, cool. <laughs> so I was hanging out with a buddy one day and I was telling him about my idea and we built this app called, it's, if you go to zoomoffersnow.com, the app's, it's called Zoom Offers. Basically, you can go in and let's say you've got 5,000 active listings in the MLS. Well, okay. you, don't, you don't know, nobody knows who the, who's really, really motivated out of that 5,000. We just know that all 5,000 of them have raised their hand and said, I'm willing to sell their house. Would you agree? Right. That? Yeah. What I found is a lot of these people that are really motivated, they still want to overprice their house, but they would take way below what they're priced at. So I wanted to know how can I get an offer in front of all 5,000 and at least get the conversation started without individually typing up offers. So we built out an app to where if I want to make an offer on all 5,000 active listings in three clicks, I can. Um, I don't have to have an assistant sitting there and typing up every offer. It's just I can break down. I can search the MLS based on criteria, bedroom count, price, days on market, um, square footage and narrow it down to what my buying criteria is and then offer on all those at one time and then just sit back and wait for counter offers. So we've, wow. I mean, we've picked up some really good deals with it. So I built it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. You saw a problem in your own life and fixed it. That's, that's awesome. So Ron and I have, I've been down this road a few times trying to, uh, I mean, we have brilliant ideas all the time. Ron would say he has, you know, only brilliant ideas, but it's pretty much, <laughs> it's pretty much proven out. Angela. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't really have brilliant ideas. We just don't have enough time or resources yeah. to implement all of the brilliance that I have. So. Oh yeah. And I've also been thinking lately cause Ron and I are both kind of, um, you know, we're the, we come up with all the ideas. What am I trying to say? What's that called? Uh, in you know, so visionary? we, in a visionary, thank you. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Um, so yeah, we're both kind of Caleb on for a reason today. <laughs> thank you. Caleb. <laughs> Woo. Uh, so we come up with ideas all the time, but, um, you know, as we've been trying to build our own software, um, recently and stuff, we've kind of realized we're, we're missing some pieces of the innovation thing. And there's some pieces that are really hard for us. So do you mind, I don't know, telling us a little bit about that journey, like how, how you decided that was an idea to actually run with and how you well, got from there. Yeah. Take us before that even Angela, like, or, or Caleb, like, like Angela's saying, like, 
before you get to the point where you're actually ready to roll, uh, talk, take, talk to us yeah. a little bit about the innovation process. Like you, you've identified that there's a problem. You didn't immediately like the next day go, hey, I'm going to build an app for this. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure it doesn't go idea and then implementation. Like there's something we're missing. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, it was, it went from the frustration of making a bunch of people money to realizing that I don't know who's motivated out of that 5,000 active listings in the market. How do I figure out who's the most motivated in there and get the conversation go, going the fastest? Um, so were there iterations in this, man? So you, you get this, you got a problem. And I think all, all great products, all great businesses come from a challenge, right? So right. in a challenge, there's always opportunity. So you, you, you are feeling this pain point. You, you realize there's got to be a better way to do this. What, what's the iterations you go, okay, I need to figure out how to get in front of these people. Uh, did you go through like several different ideas? Was there uh, was some process you went through? Did you just sit down one day and think this through? How, how does it work? Honestly, a bunch of people, and here's the reason I'm asking Caleb, because there's a bunch of people out there. I think a lot of people come up with ideas and then that's pretty much where it ends, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how, how is it that we can help these people who have these brilliant ideas move them into a product and what's the process of, of this? So, I mean, I think that's a good question. Fortunately, I had a little bit of capital because our businesses were doing well. Um, and I was sit, sitting, <laughs> yeah, I was sitting with the right person at the right time and I was telling him about my idea and he just said, well, why don't you build it? And I mean, me being young and naive a couple years ago, um, I was just like, well, I'll, shoot, I'll try it. So we just ran with it. And we threw a bunch of money at it, and then it ended up costing me three, four times what I thought it was going to cost me to build. Oh, we've experienced that. Wow. Oh, my God. I've got so much money into this thing. But it works now. And, I mean, it works like a champ. So then we started tweaking it, and we saw what the issues were with it, and we just used it in our business. First deal we ever did on it, we made like fifty-five grand on it. So that put a big chunk in what I had invested into it. Um, and then eventually, I, I mean, it worked. It, I just said, well, this is going to work in any market. It's not just Charleston. Really, the bigger the market it is, the better it works because it's just a numbers game. Right. So your testing period, because I think after you have an idea and you decide that it's one you want to move forward with, um, there's, there's kind of a testing period, right, where you, uh, you know, see if, if there's actually a market for it, if it's something people want. So your testing period was basically throw a bunch of money at it and take it to market and see who's interested, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, did you do any market research or anything before that or? Uh, zero. Again. Zero. Okay. Yeah. Caleb, Caleb was the market. And that, I think that's another thing. Yeah, too, that's where, true. Where you're in the business and you recognize a problem that's a pain point for you. Odds are there's a bunch of other people in the same business that have the same pain point. And, sure. um, I yeah. think one of the things that I don't want to gloss over here, I think that's really important in this, in this process that you went through, Caleb, is you had an idea. I think a lot of people have an idea and they're like, this is my idea. <clears throat> Nobody can know about this. It's super secret. I, I can't tell anybody about it because if I tell anybody about it, then they're going to, they're going to take it away from me and they're going to They're going to steal it. Yeah. I think one of the cool things that you just said was I was in the right place at the right time and I told the right guy and now here, now, now I have a product where would you say if you hadn't told somebody about it and they encouraged you to do it, would you have done it? 
And no, it would have just been an idea. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a big deal, man. And I, I learned that several years ago that the more that you put something out there, the, the easier it is for it to come to pass. And I think a couple of things, right? Because you, you saw an opportunity um, that was there and then, you know, you, you told some people about it and one of them was like, dude, you should build this thing, man. This, this, this has got legs, which gives you the courage to spend the money on it, try to, try to make this thing work. Um, I think it's a big deal. And I, I, the other thing too, I think that it does mentally, at least for me, is it allows me to see the opportunities and the ways to do it if I'm talking about it, if I'm actually putting this thing out there verbally. I don't know if, I don't know if you experienced that, but I'm, I wanted to make sure we didn't gloss over that because you actually told somebody about it. They encouraged you to do this. Yeah, I mean, he had some developer friends and I mean, we sat down with them for, well, you've done this too, sat down with developers and you sit there and tell them your ideas. It was unbelievable that I could talk it out and they knew nothing about real estate and they built it like exactly like I envisioned it. Wow. Um, that is they, unbelievable. <laughs> it, it was really impressive and it was so it was so easy to use. Now, it did have bugs in it and we ironed it out with over, right. asked how long we tested it. We tested it for like a year before we hooked it into any other MLSs and any other markets. Wow. That's yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's great. I mean, Ron and I haven't had that same experience. With so <laughs> for some reason, our ideas don't come out, like don't make sense to programmers or something. So maybe uh, we should have you interpret for us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, there was another key thing Caleb said that he got, he got in fr front of a guy who was the right guy who right. knew the right developers. Not all developers yes. are created equal. So the ones that we're working with currently, um, they cost a little more. You probably experienced that too, Caleb. Uh, yeah, we've upgraded yeah. our developers since, since yeah, the beginning. Yeah, the developers just, they cost more money, right? So if you're bootstrapping this thing and you don't speak, <clears throat> I mean, no offense to any of the programmers out there, but if you don't speak geek, <laughs> this, That's I mean, not nothing's, offensive. No. nothing's gonna happen, right? If you're not um, multilingual, um, it's not going to work very well. And yeah. unless you, unless you get with a team that actually has people who, who are, you know, bilingual. Who can well, and there, there's one other thing there, Ron, um, we were talking about the different, um, the different areas at Disney, you know, how there's the, uh, there's the Imagineers and the engineers and the, what do they call the other one? The implementers. So, I think they have a really cool name that ends in Yeah, I forget what they're called. But um, if you're, it sounds, Caleb, to me, like you're the, you imagined it and you also engineered it. You designed it. You knew exactly how you wanted it to work and look and you were able to explain that vision to the programmers who then could build it, right? I mean, I imagine you didn't just tell them your idea and then say, make it look how you want or make it, you know. Just I mean, they, they kind of gave me a format of how it would look and then I made a couple little tweaks and I, they did such a good job with it. Um, now again, it did have bugs in it until we got the new developers on board and that now it's like pretty streamlined and runs like a champ. Yeah, awesome. I've seen it. yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, and, and, it, and it is really well done. Even the user interface, uh, I mean, they did a really, really good job. I'm assuming the user, user interface is, is uh, with, the new, with the new programmers. It is, yeah. It's just, I mean, it's simple. It's just you click on what you want to offer on. You can set your own saved search criterias. Um, I mean, you can even set it to where it automatically offers for you every day when new listings hit your criteria, hit the MLS. Um, wow, cool. 
and then you just sit back and you field counter offers. So the, you make your money in the negotiating. So if you've right. got a good negotiator that's taking the counter offers, you, you can make some, I mean, it's, it's another marketing channel, just like direct mail. Yeah, but it's a great way to bring in leads that are way hotter than they would be from direct mail, right? Sure. They already have an offer. That's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's, re- that's really, really cool, man. Um, and so <clears throat> talk to me about how you, so you, it, it sounds like that there was, there's a bunch of innovation that happened here in your business, right? Not, not just this product. Um, it sounds like to me, you were, you were doing really, really well at retail sales. You go in and you're, you, you finally start to realize that guys are making offers on properties that they're getting ridiculous deals and you want a piece of, of that. Uh, tell me how you morphed from retail sales agent, broker, um, best in the state, to this, this new business, which is your, your rehab business, which I think is a precursor, this is a precursor, right, to the new product that you have. Yeah, I mean, it was just, I was seeing how much people were making or how much money I was making others and other investors. And I mean, once I learned the money side of it, I realized it's not that difficult. So it was less work. You didn't have to deal with as many, uh, you didn't have to deal directly with the sellers who don't want to listen to you half the time. Um, The only challenge with the rehabbing is that, as you know, the contractors. The only Um, challenge, just a little thing. Yeah, that that is the biggest challenge by far. Um, So I got into that side of the business, honestly, just because the, the checks were bigger and you didn't have to do as many deals. Right. Um, and the, over, the overhead was less than my retail business. So, so there's a lot of people who listen to our show who are uh, either in the business and they're trying to grow Caleb or they're, they're really not in business. They've got, they got themselves a job, um, you know, kind of, kind of like being a realtor or, you know, they're a small rehabber where they, they do everything kind of themselves. So how do you go from <clears> – <throat> How do you go from learning the real estate business to growing one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the most impressive real estate brokerages in, in the state of South Carolina to adding a not yet another business while, cause you didn't, it's not like you moved from being a real estate broker and doing a couple hundred transactions a year and you just shut that bad boy down, right? You started this other business, that thing's still running. Um, how, do you, how does the growth happen between each one of those pieces that allows you to be able to do all of that? Because now you've got a third business, right? And, and they're all still running. Yep. And I can still get a hold of you on the phone. So apparently <laughs> uh, you're doing something right here. Tell, tell everybody how that process works. How do you get from, you know, one man shop to owning three businesses and you've got several employees that are helping you run all this stuff? How, how does that work? good people um, that all align with your core values and not looking at people as an expense, looking at people as an investment. But if you get the right people in the right seats, which we've done, and it's, we've had people come in and they've been the right people in the wrong seats that we've moved from the Caleb Pearson brokerage over to the home buyer side. Um, right. But we knew they were good culture fits and we knew they had good work ethic. Um, and it's just been, I mean, it's been constantly making small tweaks over the years. And the homebuyer side pretty much run by, runs by itself. The brokerage side, 
I do a lot of the sales, but I don't do anything on the back end. We've got great admin staff. So, I mean, I would just say having good people on the Zoom offer side, the developer is phenomenal now and he handles most of everything on the back end. I might take one or two calls a week on that. So, and we have a sales guy. So, I think people in leverage. Hmm. That answer the question? Yeah. yeah. Do you mind telling us like how you found those good people? Cause I mean, we have found some, I mean, we have some great people that we work with, but we've also, uh, hired some not, you know, not so good fits, uh, over the years. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I know, this is- <laughs> everybody that Caleb's ever hired has worked out phenomenally and he's never had a problem. Yeah. Uh, never. Right. Yeah, exactly. Never had a, an employee problem. No, um, but there's a chance he's doing it a little better than us. So. I mean, we, we do have a process for any of our companies that we hire anybody. They come in, they interview with three people on the team. They have to get three yeses. Then they get an interview with me. I run through a series of questions. So and that's four interviews. Four? Basically, yeah. Wow. So, so they have to go through a vetting process with the team. So it keeps our, our culture tight. Interesting. Right. <clears throat> any, yeah. Anybody that has any maybe, or I don't know about this guy, it doesn't work. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> Most of the people we hire, though, come recommended from somebody else that's a friend. That, that's been some of our, our best hires, too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, uh, you also said leverage. Do you mind talking about that, growing your business? What did you mean by that? So, um, have you ever read uh, No BS Time Management by Dan Kennedy? I haven't, man. I'm gonna, I don't I'm gonna, think I have either. I'm going to write uh, it down. No BS yeah. time management. Huh? Oh, you have to read it. I read that book and it just changed my life. So basically, everything that, we, that I do, I try to figure out how I can leverage somebody else to do it. Um, I mean, I haven't leveraged my time the way that Ron has. <laughs> You're not swimming at 1030 in the morning? Come on. No, I I'm, just... got, I'm not to that point yet. Come on. Um, <laughs> we'll make a shift right now. But I do, I do try to put the right people again in the right seats and, and leverage them and then give them all the credit. Bam. Awesome. Awesome. Right it's good. I'm telling you, yeah. it's really good. All of his books are phenomenal. Hey, nobody has any excuses um, because as you're listening to this, you could have just bought the book because as, as Angela and, and Caleb were talking, I bought the book. Right? <laughs> and and I'm, I'm actually hosting – I'm hosting, so it can be done. Just go get it and add it to your uh, to your reading list and, and make it happen. Yeah, That's thanks one of my all-time favorites. Okay, cool. good. And I'm not, I'm not read it, man. I'm always looking for good books, so yeah, I, will, me too. I will get that one and read it. Um, so <clears throat> you've got these three businesses. Um, let's talk about. Um, I'm, I'm very very interested, as you know. I'm, I'm really interested in the uh, in the software piece. Um, Tell us a little bit about uh, who this thing is built for, right? So uh, we, you, we already know a little bit about your pain point, what you were trying to accomplish. But um, let's say I'm a, I'm a guy out there who has or I'm getting into um, the, the, the flipping, wholesaling, rehabbing type of a business. Who's your product for in that, in that sphere? Who, is, who's, who does it fit? So I guess it fits three no, we, we have three people that it fits. If it's a, um, somebody that's doing wholesaling, we've got a couple of people around the country tied into a few MLSs that are just putting the contract, putting the houses under contract and then selling it off and taking the, the difference. Um, fix and flippers would be the second. So people buying, rehabbing, putting the houses back on the market um, and then buy and hold. I mean, it's 
it works really well. And most people that are doing buy and hold will pay a little bit more. So they're actually, the people that we have that are doing that around the country are picking up more deals. But we've got one guy down in Birmingham that told me he bought 12 last month through the app. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I want to know who that is after this. So (laughs) tell me who that guy is. Uh, Because I know a lot of people down in Birmingham. That's interesting. Okay, so um, it doesn't make any difference then like they, 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 some of the, some of the products out there that are made are specifically for people who are doing, you know, X volume, you need to have a business that can handle, you know, Y. Um, otherwise this really isn't a product for you. You're, you're saying if I'm in that business, I'm doing anything at all. All this is going to do is, is augment my, my sales or my, or my purchases, my acquisitions. Yeah. It's just another way to pick up more deals. I mean, depending on how much capacity you have to, to do how many you can do a month. So, um, like we're picking up one oh. to two a month. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just, I haven't actually seen it. I was just curious. Like you said, those three different, you know, fix and flip, wholesale, buy and hold. Are there like filters and stuff so you can find deals that kind of fix, fit your genre or where you're working, you know? Yeah. So every filter there is in the MLS, square footage, bedroom, bath, um, year built, uh, lot size and pretty much every filter you can narrow it down and then it'll pull up how many active listings are in that search criteria and then you can click 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 and offer on individual ones or you can just click submit all and offer on all of them at whatever percentage so let's say you offer at 63 cents on the dollar well it'll auto populate the prices 63 percent on dollar put it on the contract it'll sign the contract for you put it in an email and email it to the listing agent all in like two, two clicks. It's pretty slick. That is pretty cool. Wow. So like just the buy and hold one, like what are they look? Cause I mean, it's a little bit different. You're not looking for, you know, houses that need work. Is it just a higher price range or sorry um, if this is a dumb question? No, we, we just seen that they're offering closer to list price, closer to okay. retail than the wholesalers and the fix and flippers. So yeah, because wholesalers are going to offer 60, 70 cents on a dollar and, right. and they're probably offering 85, 90 cents on a dollar, something like that, right, Caleb? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, wow, that's really cool. So how's this broken up? We're actually in the process of trying to figure out how ours works in this particular way as well. But do you, do you have like, like if, if I buy – if I buy into your system in a specific market, do I own the market or can multiple people have the, have this in the same market? How does that work, Caleb? So we used to do exclusivity, but we found that everybody just uses the app differently. So now we don't do exclusivity in the markets, kind of like direct mail. There's multiple people doing direct mail in every market, but some people just do it better than others. Um, same with this. So, so you can have several fix and flippers in one town uh, putting offers on the same houses and they just, you know, they just, the, the seller just responds to the one they like. Right. I mean, correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We're, you we, know, we don't have many markets where we have multiple people in yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm, as we develop ours, we're trying to figure this, this piece out too. You know, part of the, part of the innovation piece of this is trying to figure out what the, what the sweet spot is for, for whatever product it is that you've made. And, um, yeah. and, and as we develop ours right now, we've had multiple conversations with, uh, we actually have a, we actually uh, brought on a coach to help us kind of develop the business side of, the, of that particular product, which has been really helpful. Um, 
but that's one of the things we've gone round and round with him. You know, do we, do we do, do we do exclusivity or do we not do exclusivity? Cause there's a lot of people that we know, like, like you, Caleb, they, they operate in, in multiple cities, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then they switch them up all the time too. It's not like they, they stay in one city either. Um, a lot of the guys that we work with anyway. Yeah. We, we, go ahead, Andrew. Oh, uh, no, no. I was just saying, do you mind sharing like how you, how you, uh, how you switched from exclusivity to allowing several, I mean, what happened there? I mean, we just looked at it and financially as a business owner, you, there aren't, but so many MLSs around the country. And once they're all filled, then you, you can't add more users. Right. And then we had multiple people from other, from multiple markets asking or multiple people in the same market asking for the product and they were just going to use it differently. So I mean, not to go off track, but some people even use it. They figure out what the um, institutional buyer in their market what their buying criteria is, and then they just try to get to the deal faster and then wholesale it to mm. them. Interesting. Because the institutional so, buyers are usually slower making yeah. decisions. Um, were your original users upset by that? And did you lose people during that transition? Hmm. I, I don't think so. I don't think we've lost anybody from it. We caught it, we caught it pretty early. Cool. Yeah, well, I, I like that actually. And um, I'm a, I'm a fan of competition anyway, so I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I Sellers can choose what they think. I'm not exactly sure how ours is going to pan out, but we're, we lean more that direction ourselves um, on what we're doing. Um, yeah. Okay. So cool. So uh, Caleb, if somebody's interested in, in taking a look at this or, or seeing what we've been talking about, um, where can they, where can they go again? I think you told, told us the, yeah, uh, you did in the beginning. Well, what was it? it? Yeah. Just go to zoomoffersnow.com. Zoomoffersnow.com. Yep, okay. Um, click try demo and put your information in and then we'll send you a quick demo video and it, it it's not complicated. Awesome. It's, yeah, I've, I've it's, it's pretty easy to understand. Really, it's a really cool program. Um, I'm, I'm interested to talk to your guy in Birmingham, see how that's, how that's working. Yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, well, thanks, Caleb. We really appreciate it. it. Sounds awesome. No, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, it's been great. So, um, everyone, listen to this. Check out uh, Zoom Offers Now, right? dot com, yeah. and uh, you can also uh, subscribe to our podcast or leave us any um, feedback you have or questions or other topics you want to hear about. Uh, just visit getrealestatesuccess.com. Hey, one more final thought is that anybody who's listened to this, this podcast long enough, Angela knows that Charleston is an absolutely fantastic place to live. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Caleb's not going to move any of those people into my neighborhood because, because that would be, that would be messed up. I don't, I don't want anybody in my neighborhood with, we have enough people here now. Um, we don't need any more people, but there's lots of other really cool neighborhoods. So call, call Caleb too. If you guys are planning on moving to Charleston. Uh, We're moving you yeah. too. We're moving you to the beach. That's right. But, but until oh, yeah. then, until then. Somebody can move into your house once yeah. it's available. <laughs> See that house? It's nice, right? That's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Because this office could be yours. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thanks, Caleb. We appreciate uh, it. All right. Thanks, nice guys. Thanks. Take care. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.